everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. We're still here with Fern Cotton. Um, Fern, uh, <laughs> I know you're excited about the question of the week. So, <laughs> Really? Fern, I was going to say, I have to say, I thought we were the same age. I can't believe you're nearly 40. Well, 40 in about bloody six months, aren't I? Yeah, but Fern, you've got that amazing, you've got that gene where you, you could be, you could be yeah, I thought you in your 20s. Yeah, I thought you Oh, thank you, Francis. Really? I went lower. <laughs> no, 32 is fine. I'll take it. I'll take 32. Thank you. You know, I, I I can't believe I'm going to be 40. Put it that way. I feel in shock about it. Um, are you accept? Do you accept it, or are you kind of a bit bummed, or are you do, are you like okay, whatever it is, what it is? You know what? I'm nostalgic. That's what I am. Sure. I'm going. God Almighty, what is going on? Like, I just can't believe that I've gone through that period of life where. I've had babies and it's like, yeah. God, I'm 40. I mean, I know that's not like you can't have babies anymore, but it's just like I feel that there's an I've moved through some eras and I'm moving mm. into a new one. And I don't know if I'm scared. Like there's part of me that's really excited because I think you do just grow in confidence with age and you like yourself more. Um, but you do like yourself more. That's what I've. Well, you, you accept the things that you. Yeah, you, you yeah. start to go. Do you know what? I don't care. I don't care if no. my hair's receding. Well, you start to like other people's opinion less. Yeah, I think yeah, you like yourself you... more, and other people less. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> that's actually that's actually what you it care is. Care less about what other people. Yeah, you just don't give a shit. I mean, I'm not at that point where I really completely don't give a shit, but I'm definitely, I'm just quite happy to be as weird as I am at home in mm. public now. So I do some weird stuff on Instagram now, which I would have never done 10 years ago because I would have sort of felt embarrassed and awkward or whatever. And I just think, well, this is what I like. And I don't really, yeah. if other people think this is weird or boring or a bit too strange, What's it got to do with me? So I just sort of, I'm getting to a level of comfort with all of that. Can I, can I ask, this is quite an odd question, but I just, do, do you think fame and or having some sort of profile, does that, do you think it's a good thing or bad? So if you'll take you personally, do you think fame affected you positively or negatively or it was just like, okay, whatever? You know what? The, the good bit is success, right? So you know, you could be famous or infamous for doing something awful or for, you know, making a, a sort of a public display in, in, in a not brilliant way. And that would create huge fame. Or, as I said, you'd be infamous in ways. Yeah. But the good bit is success. And I think there is still this weird myth that... <laughs> no, no, not not even. Because how many people... You, you'll know people who are so wealthy who are miserable. Yeah, yeah. Like, we all no, know no, those I'm, people. I'm, I'm... It doesn't do... You know, if you're above the poverty line, you're a very lucky person who does have more comfort than other people. People below the poverty line, you know, that is a whole other kettle of fish. Mm. But from that point up... You know, what's yeah. another car, another thing? Like, what, is, what does that that's, bring that's you? It. What is yeah, yeah, that? What, what's a bigger house? You just get a bigger house. Go, yeah, it doesn't do Unless anything. Unless you're doing something brilliant with it. You know, if you are, and nobody has to know what anyone's doing with their money, if you're helping out family members, friends, doing good deeds, it doesn't have to be a big public thing. It can be stuff that you know you're using your money to do great things. So it can be a real positive. Like I think people feel awkward talking about money. Like, God, it's so, that's so gross and crude to talk about it. But what if you want to gain some level of wealth to do real good yeah. in your family, community, yeah. build something? It doesn't have to be this big 
negative. I think it's how you choose to use it. And that can be a very private endeavor. It doesn't have to be like you're Instagramming about it, etc. So it's a really tricky one. But I think that the good bit is the success of like, for, so success back in the day for me was I want to be on the biggest TV show. How am I going to get there? And then I would do a big TV show and I'd feel exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas now my success is immeasurable. It's not because I did one big thing or whatever. It's because I'm continuing to wake up every day, usually excited about what I'm going to do. Because I'm at the moment, I'm writing a new book and I'm buzzed about it and I can't wait. And it's not because I want to get to the end of writing it. It's because I'm, I'm in it and I'm enjoying it. And I'm very, very lucky to, to have that situation. You've got that, that sense situation. of purpose. Yeah. Yeah, but fun. But also, but also, you're doing the thing which uh, people say, you know, it's the greatest gift to do is you're helping people. So, so what you're doing is you're, you know... Sort of, you're, you're earning a living, which is which is what we kind of need to do. You're doing something that you love, but also Giving you're back. helping you're helping others. And I think I've said this before in many a podcast, but I'm going to say it again just in case someone's tuned in and they haven't listened to it. But Socrates did say that there are two levels of happiness. Francis Farsi said it's true though. I need to say it. it's true. <laughs> two levels. <laughs> Sounds so smart. No, you the carry two- on, Jamie. You do your thing. Thank you very much, Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> Socrates said. <laughs> it's like the other day when when I saw this like thing about what touch wood means, and, and I went, "Well, in pagan times," and they went, "When's pagan times?" And I went, "I, I don't know." <laughs> pagan times. Yeah, it's just a long time ago. When pagans were about, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but Socrates said there are two levels of happiness: the lower level and the higher level. Glastonbury. The, 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 the lower level is. Uh, fame, wealth, power, all those things that we think we want to do. But the higher level is um, helping other people, loyalty, love, uh, family. And actually, when you get the lower level, the lower level, you don't realise why you're not properly happy. And because you haven't obtained the higher level, once you do the higher level of giving love and giving back and all those different things, you actually kind of sort of reach proper fulfilment. Yeah, like I I interviewed a senior... No, no, it's absolutely true. I interviewed a senior monk on the podcast this week and... We talk about exactly that. He was somebody that had in his 20s a very high-octane lifestyle living in New York. He was an actor. He was earning loads of money. He was quite addicted to booze and drugs and all this sort of thing. I don't know if drugs, maybe. But anyway, he was quite an addictive cycle going on. And he went into this year-long retreat. He's now been a monk for 27 years. And it is all about that that happiness that is always available because the other happiness isn't. It relies on you doing something or feeling something back in an exterior sense. So getting outside validation, getting one level up at work, you know, that's not always available, whereas the other stuff is. Like, you know, you can do something Mm. really lovely for someone else any time of the day. You can text someone you know that needs a text. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. These are lovely little tiny moments. Or... You can just sit with knowing that you're all right and feel grateful for your central heating or the cup of tea you've just drunk, like that happiness. And mm. that's that happiness isn't often promoted because you can't make any money out of it. So people don't like to really talk about that as much, whereas you make <laughs> yeah, loads yeah, of money yeah. out of selling stuff. So, yeah. you know, I'm not sat here going, yay me, I'm just such an amazing person who helps everyone. Like helping people has become a byproduct of me sorting my own shit out. And me going, oh, my God, I was in such an awful place. Who can I talk to to give me a, another perspective? And that, luckily, in turn, has helped other people. Yeah. And I guess it's also, like, not just about happiness, right? Life is uh, 
suffering in many senses. You, 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 you have to have those, those, those bad moments, those uh, difficult moments to get through and obviously have the, the good moments. But it, I suppose ultimately it's about finding meaning in something, some endeavor that, you, that, that, that actually, then when you, when you do that, you feel that sense of accomplishment and, and, and gratitude for yeah, that. Yeah, like, because, you know, Francis, when you're looking at meaning... You can find meaning in um, sorrow, pain, yeah. anger, loss. You can find meaning there. If you're just looking for happiness without the meaning, you've got to go out and get it and strive for it and, you know, reach for it. And when it you're not feeling struggle. happiness, you feel like you're, you're, you're not failing. doing it right. Yeah, that you're failing. But actually life is about all of those emotions, all of those feelings, feeling down, feeling depressed and, and going through struggle, coming out and, and looking learning. to the day. Yeah, and learning. learning. Yeah. How do you grow? You've, that has to come from usually a place of pain. Like imagine like the best, best moment in your life or like a really brilliant time. That is special and amazing and we have to feel grateful for that but did you learn something probably not think of the worst 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 moment that might be quite an awful thing to do for some people certainly it has been over the years for me what did I learn oh my god I'll write you a list it will be over a hundred things so we have to find the worth and the meaning in in all of it otherwise we are going to just feel like a failure the whole time you know the the reason why I, I sort of probably connect with your podcast is the fact that how honest you are and for all of our listeners you you, you sort of you, you went through a really tough time personally did yourself didn't you and yeah yeah I mean I it's that's why I that's weirdly accidentally how all of this started because I didn't plan to do any of this I didn't sit there and think oh I'm gonna have this thing called happy place and we're gonna do festivals and whatever I um I just felt really awful and I made some big decisions at the time to, you know, leave certain jobs that I was doing and make some changes in my personal life. And um, I felt pretty awful for quite a long time. And I, I sort of had a bit of an epiphany the other day because I'd had this sort of really you know, bleak year or maybe two where I, I felt really awful. It wasn't all day, every day. There was a period of that. But, you know, it was sort of up and down. And then... I realised the other day, so there was this period about four years after that where I started getting these panic attacks and I was like, why am I getting panic attacks now? Why were why wasn't I getting them during that tough time? Why, why wasn't I sort of getting the immediate reaction? And I think that was the moment where I came out of, possibly at that point, a low-level depression. Mm. So I was out of that and then the next phase was, oh my God, now you've got to look at all of that. And that that is where the panic sort of started. Um but, you know, I have been lucky enough to have the space to test out how I feel talking about moments and being a bit vulnerable in front of people. And that experiment went quite well. And I worked out that I like doing it and other people like me doing it. And other people like talking about their stuff to me. Mm. And that's given me a whole new thing to do. It's just bloody brilliant yeah it's amazing because I, I feel it's incredibly brave as well because I think a lot of people and we speak to quite a few people on the podcast who you know they they talk about how they weren't feeling very good and they had to change their life around. but a lot of people just don't change because they they're so scared about it and it's again to <clears throat> the unknown oh but if I if I quit this and I change this then what am I going to go into but actually you're the fact that you're you're sort of putting yourself in these unhappy situations and it's making you more and more unhappy you know, they think, oh, well, I, I can't do it. So they would, they choose unhappiness over 
the unknown because they feel like it's more comfortable to be unhappy. Yeah, it's comfort, but it's also sometimes you don't feel you deserve any better. So you get yeah. into a habit of just thinking, I deserve shitty relationships. This is really subliminal. This is not sure. like that you're sat there knowing it, but I believe to be unhappy, I, I deserve to be unhappy at work. I, I believe that mm. I deserve to be unhappy in my friendships, whatever it might be. So that hinders you from making any change. And I've certainly been there. And I've also had moments where my ego's gotten really in the way. So say when I left Radio 1, you know, I had a great time there, but I knew I had to change things. I couldn't be that exposed every day on the radio. I wanted to to just step back and have a, a bit of quiet time. But my ego was like, well, you're not going to get to interview the Foo Fighters anymore, are you? You're going to be irrelevant. Mm. No one's going to give a shit about you. You're not going to get invited to the Brits. I mean, all stuff that doesn't really matter. But I better join TikTok. Your ego... <laughs> yeah, I better fucking, fucking join TikTok. Oh yeah. You know, your, your, your ego goes into overdrive with, with you know, that you are meaningless. Yeah. And um, so I had to kind of wrangle with that for a little while. Um and sometimes did you, still you, did you, so did you think that you were suddenly going to become, you, you were going to become extinct in a way? People were going to forget you? Yeah, and I was quite happy about that at one point. Because really? I really wanted to just step back and be very, very quiet. Because I literally hadn't had time out since I was 15. You know, I didn't do a gap Crazy. year. I didn't go to university. I didn't have breaks in between shows. I would be... You know, my 20s, I was working on multiple things at the same time. I was also doing shows in the States. So I would be flying there to do stuff on NBC, flying back here to do yeah, Top of the Pops. And you lose perspective, you lose grounding and reality and all that stuff. And I just, it was all so noisy at that point. And I just needed to just retreat, basically. And um, I didn't uh. entirely, I was still doing bits and bobs here and there. But I think I had to have that time so then I could try something entirely new and that started off as um you know writing books and then has incrementally morphed into these other things but um yeah I think there was a worry about being extinct and sorry I just and not to blow smoke up your bottom but I think fun you're sort of you are it's not sort of you are one of those you know okay for with the sort of podcast right you you try and sort of market things in certain ways so you'll go to I don't know the the Apple podcast charts and say okay these are our guests upcoming can we get our name up there you know how we do and if you go for our listeners you go into podcast charts I think you know we've done that lots of times but with you as a guest coming on we would it's a huge guest for us and I think it's just because of the name who you are so I, I you'll pass that territory of doing TV shows or whatever, you're to sort of a seen. Sta- but yeah, you don't feel like that name. as a, like, I don't feel like that. I, I certainly don't think, oh, well, I'm just going to be fine forever. You know, I still feel like I'm very much out there hustling daily because I'm trying new stuff. And I, and I've never really felt that embraced by the world of TV. And I know there's not like a world of TV where there's these big bosses sat in chairs, but I just never felt like I really hugely fit in or that I was embraced. You know, I never had like a run of shows that just kept on going. I would sort of do a couple of seasons of something and I'd do something else. And I don't know, whereas what I'm doing now, I don't have that insecurity because I'm creating my own thing. I'm doing something that I know I can talk about until the cows come home because I feel so comfortable and happy doing it. I don't have to worry like, was I funny enough? Was I, you know, did I make, did I entertain people? I'm not I don't think I'm naturally very good at that. You know, what I know I'm good at is just chatting to people. So that's literally all I do now. So 
that insecurity is that imposter syndrome though is that imposter syndrome i have had that massively no definitely God, I mean, over the years, in so many situations where you're working with TV greats and you're stood there with a the microphone thinking, what am I doing here? I'm some idiot from the suburbs. Like, I, what? I don't... This is, <laughs> I was like, you know... Well, of course, you know, I'd be stood with people like the late Sir Terry Wogan, who I, like, love with all my heart. And I'm like, how? And he was so wonderful to me, but how am I next to him? Like, this doesn't make mm. sense. You know, I think unless... If, if you don't have that, then maybe you're not really engaging with what's going on because it's not natural to be on the telly or to be doing all that stuff. You know, some people, obviously, we pass that because they've been doing it for years. But I think initially, of course you feel like that. You grew up watching the TV and then you're on it. You know, it's odd. Yeah. Um, I would but, love the But you were on it at 15. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I... you've kind of grown up. Yeah, I don't know to you, and... Jamie. I was talking to first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was going to say, I would love to walk into a room or go into a place and go... I fucking belong here. I have <laughs> never, I have never had that, no. ever. Do you know what I've, uh, this is where Prison, I maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I feel the same. Like, I don't think, I have, apart from when I'm doing my own thing, like Happy Place or whatever, I, I do feel at home there. And like, yeah, I do belong yeah. here because I've created this from my mind. I've had an idea and now it's happening. But I think when you step into other people's spaces, you go to a big awards thing or you're on a TV set, you think, everyone's judging me. I look like an idiot. You know, it's because that industry breeds that insecurity. It kind of comes along with it. But (laughs) I I guess also, uh, you know, how how do you feel about this? I I guess you you were on TV from a very young age, so maybe it's kind of, you know, not something you think about. But when I I, I find sort of looking behind the the curtain, I suppose, of of the TV world, you kind of have all these ideas about what it's it's like and what you imagine it to be, like, far more glamorous and cool than it actually is. And and you get there and you're like, actually, it's not that great. Do you know what I mean? I I think that came (laughs) with age because, you know, at 15, I literally went from... Being in a state school, really didn't like it, wasn't academic in the slightest, lived in the suburbs, nothing to do there. We weren't in a beautiful bucolic setting, nor were we in the glitzy lights of London. We were just sort of in concrete world. And Mm. I went from that to, oh my God, there's a car that's come to pick me up. Do I... Do I pay the guy the money? Oh, God, no, I don't have to pay for this. Right. And now I'm at work and they've given me a free lunch. And I literally couldn't believe every bit of it because I just Mm. hadn't experienced that before. Oh, my God. Someone's just said, what T-shirt do I want to wear? The blue or the pink one? They've got me some clothes. Like I just had never had anyone, you know, offering me that experience before. So it did feel. And also like, oh, my God, there's Bewitched or, you know, whoever was in the studio. I was just sort of wide eyed and. This is actually happening. I think it's more so as you get older and you see the inner workings and you don't believe in the kind of the smoke and mirrors of it or the the glamour. You just see people that are working really hard, but also some of the underhand stuff that might be going on or whatever. And it's not it's not that. And and also you get to meet a lot of people and some heroes live up to expectations and some you're like, oh, my God, they're a flawed (laughs) human like me. How is this possible? (laughs) You know, so I think you get that as you go maybe down the line with it no you do and and also as you as you as also the funniest thing which i had to really work out recently is that as you get older i thought everyone had the answers we're all still guessing everyone's guessing and i didn't realize that 
I thought we had the answers. We'll get to like 30 and suddenly we the had grown the answers. grown-ups know what's up. Yeah, grown-ups know what's going on. Do you know up. what? No one my, does. Um, no one does. My mate, Sarah Wilson, who's this incredible writer, activist from Australia. She, you, you have to check her out. She's phenomenal. And she said to me, you know, I'm not going to do an Australian accent. She <laughs> I said, thought you were about to. I was no, no. <laughs> she said, you know what? I, she said, you, Fern, feel like everybody else got the guidebook to life and you didn't. And I was like, that is the feeling. I feel like everybody else got the guidebook and I didn't receive it in the post and I'm just blagging my way through it. But everybody feels like that. Yeah. Everybody. Nobody got That's the guidebook. Great. Everybody's blagging it. But our assumption is that everyone else knows what they're doing and feels really sorted. And it's just not the case. So I'm quite happy to air my dirty laundry, to be vulnerable in front of people, to hopefully give a little bit of solace that we are all feeling the same. On oh, varying we're degrees. here on this rock floating in space. <laughs> yes. being like, what the hell are we doing here? We're, we're on a rock floating in space. <laughs> no, like, don't. What My the mind's going to pop. I can't handle stuff like that. What is the meaning? Ah, I don't want to think of nothing. Nothing. I love doing that. If you're feeling like worried about a tiny problem, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that to this friend. They might have been. Just go, we're on a ball floating in the sky. Not none of this matters. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, fun. That's right. Hey, listen, uh, Francis. We need to have the answer to the question of the week. Oh my God, we still haven't had the answer. Yeah. Listen, I know it's just. I knew th- there was a certain edge to this part <laughs> of the interview. I, I, I yeah. there was something missing, and it's this. This Attention. is our big format moment. This is what. This is our USP. Here we go. Okay. It is. So the the the. Occupation of the inventor of cotton candy. Fern, you said he was an engineer or a, or a mechanic. I don't yeah. know which one you went with in, in the Let's end. go engineer. It's broader. Engineer. Um, <laughs> and Jamie, what was yours? Tree, Tree surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. Tree surgeon. Tree surgeon. No, he was actually a dentist. Oh. Wow. Wow. I mean, is that interesting? I mean, not. Like, do you have the backstory or are we just left guessing and we have to go and search it now? (laughs) No, no, he he was a dentist. He was, you know, the inventor of. You have, you now you have to go and do your own work. I'm going to leave that with you. <laughs> what? And... You've just told us his you've just told us his day job was being a dentist. No, that so, is... so uh, William Morrison was a confectioner uh, who invented the machine-spun candy machine for the World's Fair 1904. Thanks for that. Well, that's <laughs> gripping. That's that not one of my better questions. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is really. I definitely now gripping. feel a sense of peace <laughs> about life. Fern was a, you guys like, were wondering Fern that, gave a Hillary Clinton that. speech and last, oh, I was like yes and then you give us that shit answer to the question of the week uh, I thought it was I, I was <laughs> ironic well it is well no it's not even ironic it's crafty because he knows that he's going to get all the yes. cotton candy out rot everyone's it's teeth devious. bingo business it's devious isn't it oh, hey Fern listen we've taken up far too much of your time I want to say a big thank you um, you're, you're, you're writing a new book at the moment aren't you yeah, I mean, it's not going to be out for some time, but I'm I'm writing something that will be out at some point next year in 2022. What even is that year? Hey, but it may be out if, if you're listening to this next year, so go and check it out anyway. <laughs> there you go. It's really great. But also, we've launched Happy Place Books, so we're now publishing books, and we've got oh. our first author being published in April. Um, it's a book by Lawrence O'Colley, who I'm obsessed with. He is one of um, our nation's finest boxers, but he's got this incredible story of going from being an obese teenager working at McDonald's to four years later fighting in the Olympics. Wow. 
Wow. He's incredible. So oh that's our God, first book, that. which I'm so buzzed about. I'll, I'll send you both copies. Oh, um, congrats. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. is so... Ex- so, you, you, so you're now publishing... That is so epic. Well done. That is cool. It's really fun. How is publishing? Well, I, I guess, you know, I, I'm a, such a book nerd and I've been you know, writing relentlessly for the last sort of five years. And it's one of the my favourite things. So to now be sort of helping authors and new voices release work, like that is just, I feel very, very lucky to be doing that. So that's a really nice new happy place thing. And obviously the podcast we're still ongoing with, we're in series nine mm. um, and we'll hopefully go straight into series 10 after this because we're starting to collate some nice guests already. So yeah, it's there's some and there's a couple of other new little things that are down the line a bit that we're working on sort of behind the scenes. There's some really really cool stuff happening. Fun. Huge congrats. Hey listen, uh, we can't thank you enough for coming to the podcast. So we've run it's always a great podcast when we run over an hour. So we've taken up all of that of oh, your time. Oh, pleasure. And uh, what we like to do at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. So anything you want to give us, I should have warned you. For I mean, that. It's, it's, there's already been so much. No, let's be inspirational. So this is what I've been thinking about a lot recently. And this is what I've been sort of just ruminating on, etc. And that is, and it sounds so basic, but it's really hard. And that is self-compassion. So we all hear like hashtag self-love and whatever. Are we really doing it? Because all those moments we've talked about in this podcast, whether it be imposter syndrome, doubting yourself, low self-esteem, depression, all those things. I think 99, maybe slash 100% of the time are linked to self-compassion. Unless, of course, we're talking clinical depression. But in all other circumstances, if we're not giving ourselves compassion, we can't have self-esteem or feel like we can walk into a room and own it or make decent connections with strangers or have thorough engaged conversations because we're already coming from that place of supposed lacking or that we're not good enough or that we're faulty so I think if everybody listening to this myself massively included because this is a daily daily practice we've got to all have more self-compassion so look at that underlying narrative that runs through your day so quietly all the little moments you beat yourself up because you ate too many biscuits and you've woken up thinking you've got a belly Jamie or you've slacked up your pouch or you've slacked off at work or you've been binge watching tv and not reading books like all of that cruel voice that berates you for all the things you think are bad let it go like have self-compassion and and like yourself more. I think that's the key for all of us to find that break. inner happiness. Give yourself a bloody break. Fan Cotton, you absolute wizard. That is unbelievable. Thank you. Oh, that's great. We can tell you've done this before. <laughs> I love talking about this shit. That's what I live yeah, for. It's, yeah, it's so epic. Fan, thank favorite. you so much. To all of you lovely listeners, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.